0: Hi and welcome to another episode of Up Next. This is your host Ali Murtadam and today I'm joined by Omaya Michelle, the founder of Aware AE, that is the UAE's first online mental health magazine. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed this episode. So hi Omaya and welcome on Up Next.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for this. It's the first time I've ever done a podcast, so <laughs> go easy on me, but we'll we'll see how it goes.
0: No, don't worry. I'm sure you'll do perfectly fine. And also, it is absolutely amazing to have you on. I love your work. I love what you guys do and what you stand for. So I honestly can't wait to know more about yourself and about your story with Aware AE. So let me leave the floor to you to tell us a bit more about yourself and Aware AE.
1: Okay, so um, Aware AE is, like you said, the UAE's first online uh, mental health magazine. The reason we started it online is because, I mean, nothing's really, you know... A publication nowadays, a physical publication, something tangible that you can actually go out and buy. Um, And also just to make it very accessible to everyone, because talking about mental health is obviously something new in the region, something we don't often hear about from too many people, um, especially living in the Middle East. And we do want our resources to be accessed by people and we do want you know people to read our content very easily just simply by the click of a button you know if they want to learn about a specific disorder they want to you know learn about a specific illness that maybe somebody they know may be facing we want that to be very accessible for them which is why it's an online magazine also because i mean we're in the age of technology so it's just a much easier and efficient way to do things
0: definitely like we were saying before we started recording there is hardly anything like a physical magazine anymore and you know the ones that are surviving are the likes of vote and all but even they 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 don't use like the concept of a vote magazine is just there as something ceremonial something that has just been going on for years but in reality they post all of their articles all of their pieces their shoots everything on their instagram and even promote the magazine on instagram and and like you said also it's perfectly like it's very efficient in reaching a lot of people especially with a topic like this Just i feel like even if you have it in magazines or like where you'd have a physical magazine and you find it at a store a lot of people won't pick it up because because of the stigma they would think that okay people are over your shoulder people are looking at it when you're giving it to handing it over to like the to share even they could give you a look you know right. so but then on instagram or whatever you can just access it whatever and learn that at your own pace at your own style
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I genuinely feel like magazines nowadays, tangible magazines that you can actually buy solely revolve around lifestyle, fashion, beauty, etc. And, you know, somebody who's standing in a supermarket looking at something that may be a mental health magazine, especially with the stigma, like you said, people would possibly judge them. And it's really unfortunate. But I mean, it's like, Sadly, you know, if an overweight person were to pick up a fitness magazine in a supermarket, we don't live in a society that does not turn and look away. You know, people are going to look and they're going to judge you. And whether they say something or not, those thoughts are going to go through their heads, which is horrible. And I mean, that does also play into the stigma. But something like mental health especially in a society or in a culture and region where it is very stigmatized it's just a much easier option to have everything accessible online that way people can feel comfortable doing it in their own privacy on their own time and really look into it and learn more about it people do all their research online nowadays so hopefully our magazine can do something to help them with that kind of research
0: Definitely. Now let's take it back to the very beginning. And this is something that I always like to start of the episode by doing. So why did you decide to start AWARE AE in the first place?
1: So AWARE actually um, has been a really big goal of mine for a really long time. I personally uh, severely struggled with my mental health growing up. I have been going to different psychiatrists, therapists, you name it. Since I was about 13 years old, um, I've always struggled with my mental health, and I constantly was misdiagnosed with by different psychiatrists. You know, I saw different psychiatrists, and each one of them diagnosed me with something completely different. I was told I had, you know, anxiety, depression, which are very um, I mean they're very common but they're also very basic disorders that a lot of psychiatrists when they don't want to delve deep into what's actually going on just kind of you know they stick a label on you. And I always knew that it, that it was something more more than that. I mean I always had a really bad temper growing up. I was always very impulsive. I was I did experience anxiety and depression, but that to me was an umbrella of like umbrella factors under something so much bigger and I didn't know what it was and right now I'm 23 years old and I didn't get diagnosed with borderline personality disorder which is what I was my currently like what I'm currently diagnosed with this is my current diagnosis and I didn't get diagnosed with that until I was 21 so two years ago and I only got diagnosed with that through my own research and Looking into different things and everything. And I went to my psychiatrist that I was seeing at the time and I'm like, hey, I think I have this. And she's like, well, you can't do your own research. That's self diagnosis. That's very dangerous for you. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not, you know, like you're not helping me with w- the diagnosis that I have. You're not helping me. You're not, this isn't giving me what I need to, you know, help myself to cope with what I have. It's not covering all the elements that I'm struggling with. Can I please do. Um, an examination to kind of, you know, figure out if this is actually what I have. And with um, borderline personality disorder, it's like a tongue twister, I swear. <laughs> but um, with the disorder, you there are nine sim- symptoms and you have to qualify for five of them. And when she did the examination, I qualified for all nine. So I was like, I told you, like, I, you know... And when that kind of sunk in with me, I was like, wow, you know, I've been going to therapy now for, I mean, I can't do math, okay, eight years, since I was 13 till I was 21. And no one has diagnosed me with this, you know. And I read about it, I read more about it, I read about it online, I I watched videos about it and everything. And I truly related to the people that were struggling with this particular disorder. And something in common that a lot of these people mentioned in their videos or different podcasts that they did, or even articles, they said that, you know, a lot of therapists and psychiatrists avoid, you know, diagnosing people with borderline personality because it's such a hard disorder to diagnose and truly help that they just don't want to touch it at all. They don't want to enter those waters, you know? So that really is something difficult for me. But then I also started thinking about it. And in the Middle East, it's not just me. It's not just me who's struggling with something that, you know, a lot of people don't talk about. A lot of people don't even know about. I didn't hear about borderline personality disorder until I was diagnosed with it because I researched it, you know? And... I wanted to help myself I have always grown up a very independent kind of do things my way myself kind of person but I also wanted to help others with this because I I know I know it's not just me and I um, majored in journalism at university, at uh, the American University in Dubai, and I graduated in 2015, uh, 2019, (laughs) I started in 2015, I'm not that old, but um, yeah, so I just thought, you know, why not combine the two things that I'm passionate about, mental health and writing, journalism, media, modern day media, and kind of make something out of this to help people, and to educate people, to bring awareness to people, and hopefully reduce the stigma.
0: I mean, like you were saying earlier, it's not just you that is going through it. And it's facts. Like, this isn't just my opinion or your opinion, because in a group of friends, I did a survey on eight people, and I found out that they were suffering from it. No, these are facts. These are facts done by every single government in the world. These are statistics, and they exist. And when you look at the numbers, they're terrifying. Like, one in four people. Right. So if you have a group friend of like eight people, there's a pretty good chance that two or more are going through it right now. They are suffering with something, you know, and I personally had this where where like my best friend of seven years was going through something that I was going through, too. And both of us did not did not know how to communicate it to each other even though like we know everything about each other right literally from a to z especially that at that time we were at school so i would unfortunately have to run into his face every day for seven years you know and still this is something that we never knew how to discuss because we never knew what mental health was i was introduced to the concept of mental health in december 2017 and if i hadn't stumbled on this random youtube video when i literally went on youtube and googled motivational speech I literally put like in the YouTube search bar motivational speech because I had no like literally no reason to live. I, I, I had no idea like why I was waking up in the morning. And then I generally like can't imagine or I don't want to imagine what would have happened hadn't I like discovered this. So it's generally amazing to see people like yourself take things and take matters into much, much, like on a much bigger scale. I can't even speak right now. Okay, it's amazing to see people <laughs> take things on a higher scale and actually take action. Because, you know, it's amazing to talk about it It's amazing to do all of that. But then when you are the source of information that people can go to, right? And it's not like you're a psychiatrist or you are a a licensed doctor or anything. No, but you are an outlet where people can reach these people, right? You are an outlet where people can learn more about them. And your information, like when you talk about disorders, you didn't invent this, right? It's all from scholarly sources. It's all from what doctors are saying. It's like if your stomach hurts, right? You're just going to Google, okay, what might have happened? But you're not going to immediately rush to the hospital, get like a a surgery to find out what's going on. So it's the same thing kind of with mental health. So it's generally, like I was saying, it's amazing to see people, especially from the youth community, because not only are we the ones affected the most by it, but we are also the ones that have the task of passing down the torch. Because, you know, we've always been complaining that the older generations did not teach us about it they did not uh, or maybe because the other generations did not do that before them and it just decided right but then now we are aware of it we know it we know what it is we know what it's not and we know what we can do to prevent it so it's generally up to us like if our generation takes no action that it's fully on us we can't say this generation did this or it's because of our parents it's because of our grandparents no it's fully on us
1: I completely agree with what you just said I mean like you said I'm not a licensed therapist I'm not a licensed psychologist I I'm just a regular person who struggled with my mental health and wanted an outlet for myself and an outlet that could possibly help others struggling with something that I'm going through um obviously later in life that may become an issue for our magazine or something but hopefully you know we can um look into different you know programs and everything i might you know do my master's i might do my master's in psychology um i know my uh co-founder is uh, majoring in psychology and you're right you know this is the generation we need to step up we need to stand up we need to speak about mental health it's extremely important and one of one of the biggest problems in our society today especially with the stigma and um I want to go back actually to your previous question about like how and why I chose to do all of this online. You know, Um, our platform is designed to appeal to this generation, to millennials and to Gen Z specifically, you know, because we want everything to be accessible to them. A lot of people don't want to go and especially in this culture, to talk to this, to talk about mental health to their parents or to talk to mental health or about like to talk about their mental health to a psychiatrist or a counselor or anything, because they were taught that, you know, we need to hold this in. We, you can't talk about this. It's you, you, People will think you're crazy. And especially for, for men, you know, and that's where toxic masculinity, which is an entirely different conversation, comes into play. And that's why we want to do this online. You know, we want people to have access to this information. We have several articles from in four categories. We talk about mental health, uh, community stigma, and mindfulness and self care. And we also have the uh, mental health and hot, like the hotlines that are created for mental health support by the UAE on our website. Just by the click of the button, when you click that button, you are directed straight to that number. So that's why, you know, we wanted to do this online. We wanted to have this platform and we want it to appeal to the generation that, you know, we're, we're currently in. We're, this is Gen Z's generation, the most powerful generation. And if we don't speak up about it, then like you said, it is our fault because this is where we're experiencing it the most. And if we don't do something about it, then we're just passing on the same, toxic mindset regarding mental health to the next generation and so on.
0: 1000% and you also answered my next question because I was about to ask like what topics did you guys cover because mental health is a huge like it's a, a very very broad topic, right? You know, compared to mental health, you—sorry, uh, physical health. If you go to med school, you know, you're not going to spend a year or two and then graduate. You're going to stay for like seven years, do your masters, do your residency, and then do all of that. So it's kind of the same with mental health. Just mental health and physical health are complement each other. I, I don't want to say one is more important than the other, but they complement each other because realistically, you have one body, and in that body, you have your mind, and you have other parts of the body. And if anything, the mind controls everything that you do, realistically. 100%. Yeah and it's also proven uh, you know scientifically i did a research paper about this uh, in one of my university courses because i'm I'm very passionate about the topic so i just took it as like a chance to research more and biologically and scientifically when you are experiencing depression when you're experiencing other mental health illnesses there are parts in your brain that simply don't function as they would like they would literally do mri scans over the brain and they would show the difference of the activity so it's not just a mood it is not just a phase no it is something much much bigger it's something that deserves the attention like think of it as if you were to have god forbid a brain injury because you fell every single doctor in town every single human being would be rushing you to a hospital doing every single test that exists right because the brain is so important well the brain is so important then why aren't we taking care of it on that aspect
1: 100 it's really it's really unfortunate you know especially when you look at it from that perspective people tend to think as mental illness because it's Well, I mean, it's labeled mental illness. So a lot of people think that it is mental. It's all in your head. You're thinking about these things. These things are just thoughts. They can't physically affect you, but that's completely on the contrary. You know, I mean, mental health, even the simplest of disorders. Now, when I say simple, I don't mean simple as in they're not hard to deal with. They don't come with several, you know, hardships and everything, but something as commonly... So something as common as depression you know depression can truly paralyze you honestly i mean people who have depression cannot get out of bed in the morning they cannot complete you know normal tasks that any other person struggling with can just do casually you know because let's say you know you're a completely healthy person and you're you wake up in the morning you brush your teeth you take a shower you eat breakfast you go to school work university whatever Someone with depression can't do that. You can't wake up and physically go and for example take a shower. It's not something that they can easily do. It's it it truly paralyzes them. I really don't know how else to explain it. It's it affects you physically and I genuinely think that's the biggest misconception that people have about about mental health is that it's just mental and it's really not. You know, someone with for example, what I have, borderline personality disorder. I mean, we, one of the symptoms that we have is extreme anger issues. And there have been times where I personally have, you know, been, been physical because of this symptom of my mental illness. I've thrown things, I, you know, hit things. And that's not that, that doesn't redeem the consequences, it doesn't make those things okay, it doesn't justify my actions. But mental illness can truly take over your body. And that's that's the only way you can really explain it. And it's hard because people don't understand that. But yeah, mental health is a huge spectrum, a very, very big spectrum, which is why we talk about, you know, the four four different aspects of mental illness. That we have on our website. Of course, there's so many more aspects, um, but we have tried to, you know, have four different umbrellas and kind of talk about different aspects of mental health under each thing. So in mental health, we talk about, you know, general disorders, symptoms of disorders, you know, Things people may go be going through because of a specific disorder. Then we have community, which is things like you know, if um, if your loved one or your your son, your daughter, your sister, whatever, your girlfriend, boyfriend may be struggling with you know a mental illness. How do you cope with that? We also in community talk about things like um, I mean things that are going on in the world right now, the coronavirus. How can you stay safe mentally? with the pandemic going on. And how is the pandemic truly affecting people who do have mental health problems? I mean, people who have mental health problems don't like to stay isolated, for example, they need people around them. So we talk about things like that in community. We've also talked about um, the Black Lives Matter movement and the impact on on the Black community's mental health, individuals in the Black community's mental health because of what's going on in the United States right now uh, and things like that. Next, we have stigma, which is where we obviously talk about the stigma in the Middle East. And um, that is definitely one of our toughest categories to cover. The articles have to be extremely detailed, extremely well thought out, because obviously we live in the Middle East. We're not trying to offend anybody. We're trying to educate them. We don't want to say that, you know, your practices or the way that you teach your children how to act or how to be or while you're growing up or, you know. Talk about religion or culture. We don't want that to come off, come off as wrong. We simply want to educate people on the importance of mental health and teaching that even if it is through cultural or religious practices, you know. And obviously, lastly, we have mindfulness and self-care, which is kind of the more laid back category, just tips and tricks how to, you know, take care of yourself and no, we don't mean... Face masks and manicures and pedicures, you know, which is what a lot of girls do when they feel bad about themselves. You know, they go to the salon, they get a face mask done, they, you know, paint their nails. We, on our mindfulness and self care co- category, talk about different things that you can do, like uh, mindfulness techniques, uh, which can range from anything such as yoga and meditation to even just picking up an object and you know, observing it for a minute. And throughout time that calms you down. So those are the four, you know, categories that we kind of cover on our website. But of course, like I said, mental health is so much of a broader spectrum in general yes
0: definitely and i want to before i want to go i want to go back on something but before i want to do that i just want to say that you know especially talking about here in the community i think something that people kind of go around in is they keep saying culture this culture that or yeah no you're wrong in this practice i think we should take the scientific approach right this is a science right what we are saying is uh, we, we did not take it from other cultures we did not take it from a religion it is a science and, you know, like any other science, like biology, like stuff like biology, they have physics, you know, stuff like, no one ever says, like, uh, I won't calculate force, because like, in the in culture, we do not appreciate neuron, or using like meter, tubert t- 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 meters, you know, no one uses that. It's a very weird example. But if you think of it, they're both sciences. And yeah. the second thing that I want to go back to is when you were talking about the community part and how you can help people that are going through something similar. And I think this is something extremely important. And it kind of segues into my next point, you know, because we were just saying that one in four people suffer from it. So we are bound to meet people. And if not, we ourselves could be affected by it or we already know someone that is affected by it and we don't know what to do so as humans as brothers as sisters as sons as daughters as friends as people in a friend group you know people that belong to a family be it like a big family cousins all that or just you and your parents how can you contribute to the spreading of the message of the awareness about mental health and you know breaking apart the stigma around it
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, you know, what we do in the community category, we don't, we're not trying to, you know, discredit these cultures and these religious practices whatsoever. You know, we're not trying to do that at all. What we are trying to do is start a conversation about mental health in these cultures and in this community, in the Middle Eastern culture specifically, because, you know, we grow up, I'm going to actually, you know, I'm going to focus this on men for a second, because in Middle Eastern cultures, we were taught that men cannot show emotions. We're taught that, you know, men need to stay silent. Men need to be the breadwinners. They need to grow up, get a job, get married and work for their family. They're not allowed to cry. They're not allowed to show any emotion whatsoever, which is why, sadly, you know, people men in our culture grow up to think the way that they do and it's extremely harmful for their mental health these people these men are struggling with their mental health because they have a false perception of who they are because they have never been allowed to show their emotions they have never been allowed to cry you know i mean i I can
0: definitely relate to what you're saying because this is something that I personally experienced, and you know, I I would say I, I suffered towards for a very long time, but then I kind of just embraced the fact that I seriously don't care. You know, I I to just say something. Uh, I am a man, and I cry. Right when I'm yeah. having a bad day, when and you know I feel you. like things are getting very overwhelming, I cry. Sometimes while I'm driving, I, I like a sad song comes on, and I fly. sometimes I tear up while watching rom- romantic comedies. I cry. So amazing. I have emotions. You and the thing is right you see the people around you you know like the men around you you see them not expressing emotions and the thing is when you don't express emotions by you know suppressing yourself from crying and stuff like that you're not just affecting the single emotion of crying or feeling bad you're affecting your emotions over wide you're affecting the emotion of showing affection that's why you know a lot of you you literally see some fathers like unable to show affection towards their daughters you know thankfully this is something that i haven't experienced but i am pretty sure that this is not something great at whatsoever because you would instill it in the next generations right like if your father does not show any affection or emotion chances are you are not going to do it either and then you're going to display that to your friends and then to people interact with your kids and then th- it goes on the next si- the cycle continues you know and i generally don't understand how it originated I I genuinely do not understand this statement. It makes no sense to me whatsoever because my brain, how I think, if something is not logical, if something doesn't make sense, it doesn't even enter my brain. So I suffered from it so much because I was worried about what people would think. Like when I was a kid in grade seven, before I would get into a fight, I would start tearing up why like i didn't even get hit or hit someone yet like i i don't understand like my <laughs> brain's response to it you know th- there's no reason for me to cry and people would make so much fun of me for it but you know I, I guess like i i don't i'm not the type of person that would like to get in fights so maybe this is my body's reaction doesn't mean that i should like take my eyes open and uh, sit in a r- room and lock myself for like two weeks so i can you know dry out every last year in my body no this is who you are like embrace it There isn't a perfect catalog for men, for women, for people. It was never mentioned in, you know, anywhere, in any source throughout history or in any culture that, like, this is the perfect catalog for men, A, B, C, D, follow this, and then you'll be great. Because, you know, a lot of people, and this is kind of something that hurts, is they literally kill their emotions. like, And it affects in every single thing that you do. It just, like, people think that not trying is something good. And, you know, and the worst part is for example you see girls on the other side thinking that oh if you don't cry if you cry then you're not manly. so obviously a guy trying to impress a girl would say oh no i I won't cry because or i shouldn't cry because it's not manly. so it's not just like i think it's very instilled deep within us like even i would struggle i started internally because i thought i shouldn't cry i thought that there was something wrong with me like i i showed you like Mm -hmm. my sister cried but i also cried i was like how's this working you know I'm a man, yeah. how am I crying? So once once you start having these conversations, like I'm very, very open about this. I cry and I cry a lot. Like, I don't care. Like you're gonna look at me for crying. Well, It's a human feature. You download iOS, human 14, you get it.
1: <laughs> I know. And you know, like you said, yeah, it is 100% a natural emotional response. People are going to cry. I don't know who came up with this rule that, you know, men can't and women can and women are the more, more emotional, you know, Gender, sex, like it's not—you know—you can't, you can't label an emotion to a specific gender or sex. It does not, it does not make sense. This is natural. Everybody has emotions, and I think you know. Going back to your question, I think this is what we need to start teaching our kids and our brothers and sisters and everything growing up in an Arab or Middle Eastern family or household that you know, feeling things is okay. You don't even have to talk about mental health right from the get-go. You can talk about emotions. Crying is okay. When something good happens, you are allowed to be happy about it. If something bad happens, you are allowed to cry about it. You know, and I think by regulating those emotions from such a young age, that can also eliminate the 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 um you know possibility of developing a mental health disorder growing up. You know, because Truly, a lot of mental health disorders develop because of the suppression of emotions and the suppression of feelings and not being able to talk about the things that you are experiencing. So, I think regulating emotions from a young age is something that people in Middle Eastern or Arab families really need to start doing. It is okay to cry, it is okay, just as it is okay to be happy, you know? And if something were to happen later on in life if uh you know mental illness a personality disorder for these are just examples you know if something may develop within your child your brother your sister whatever we need to start accepting that the idea of getting help is okay of course everyone can't afford therapy and that is completely reasonable but there are other options you know you can see counseling at your school there should be a counselor at schools I mean, I don't know if that is something that all schools in the in the UAE specifically, but in the Middle East in general, you know, I don't know if having a counselor in your school is something that is, you know, a lot of people have or, you know, they have access to. But that should start being a thing, too. Why do we not have counselors in our school? What if something your school is where, you know the most things happen. People, a lot of people, you know, develop these mental illnesses and personality disorders through trauma from bullying. There should be counselors available. There should be different things. There should be resources. What we want to do is raise awareness in the Arab and Middle Eastern community so that there are more resources available for people who cannot afford therapy and reduce the stigma in families and the mentality in you know, Arab and Middle Eastern societies and cultures that it's not something weird or wrong for you to go and get help.
0: Definitely. I mean, uh, you, uh, I think like the part on school too, because I said this, I think in my high school graduation speech, high school is the best and worst years of your life. You know, you're going to remember all these great memories, but then there are also these little events that if not treated properly, they will stick with you for a while. And I am a walking example of this. <laughs> you know, the, when I was in grade seven, I was bullied because basically i had no music taste in grade seven you know whatever my sister would listen to just she's four years older than me so whatever she just listened to i would listen to and it was back on like the mp3 days and she she liked one direction and i had no idea what direction was like she sent me songs on like a usb drive on the computer like you know the big computer with like the fat cpu and then i just put them on my onto my mp3 (laughs) And then this one day in music class when, you know, like they were saying, let's play something, you know. So all the dads were like, let's listen to Eminem. And then I was like, One Direction, you know, and this d- completely destroyed my year. Like I was done for. And it was in front of like all the girls and all the boys. I remember they left at me for like a good 15 minutes. And the thing is, like, I had no idea who One Direction was. Like now that I know who One Direction was, maybe their music isn't that good but so what if I actually i don't think i want to make this statement so what if i listen to one it's <laughs> definitely gonna haunt me no i'm not gonna make it happen.
1: no you have to say it because we're talking about regulating your emotions so you have to say no I, I think it's just like
0: based on like my music taste like not emotions Just i take pride in my music taste and i'm sure like my friends are gonna clip this out and whenever i ask for the odds <laughs> they're gonna pull this out so <laughs> i think I'm just. okay gonna, fine if it's I'm for gonna your gonna music on taste taste and that's okay yeah for the for like the reputation of my music taste.
1: Okay,
0: okay, fine. Now, I want to talk about your experience with launching your own online magazine. Now, I'm sure running it is nowhere near as easy or anything that has to do with that term whatsoever. So, what are some of the challenges that you faced or are still facing with it?
1: Well, okay, actually, you're right. It's not easy at all. I actually work a full-time job at an already established magazine um, because I, I do live on my own and um i need to pay my bills (laughs) you know and yeah so it i i technically you know if i consider aware as my job which i do i technically work two jobs you know i'm working at a a a, a magazine that's already established and i'm working as the as the founder and as you know a writer and as the editor-in-chief and even the graphic designer at aware so it isn't easy, but truly as cliche as this sounds, if you want something, you have to make it happen because no one else is going to do it for you. No one's going to help you. No one's going to sit and be like, okay, this is how you do this. And this is how you do that. If you want something, go out and do it. Take risks, do it, just go out and do it. And if it fails, then it fails, but you will not be left with the regret that you didn't try to make something happen. As for setting it up, Right now, we're um, a nonprofit magazine um, solely because of licensing issues, things like that in the UAE. We're not making money off of our magazine right now. We we are just it's a startup, and our true, you know, goal at the moment is to raise awareness. Like I said throughout this whole interview, we want to raise awareness, reduce the stigma. If you know this does gain attention and it does gain recognition from the public or, you know, the society that we live in, the UAE, the Middle East in general, then we hope to make it something bigger someday. And we do hope to eventually, you know, even start creating more content. Like I mentioned to you earlier, we also possibly are thinking of starting um, a podcast and um, we're even thinking of, you know, doing more videos and things like that. But obviously these things require a budget a lot of the time and especially if we want to make them you know bigger productions than just something that we post on instagram per se that also requires a budget and we do not have the resources at the moment but regardless that does not stop us because um our goal is is not the money at the moment our goal is not to you know make this a business so that you know we're profiting off of writing about mental health sure that would be great if you know we could make this a business in the future but that that isn't our main purpose our main purpose is to educate raise awareness and reduce the stigma
0: i mean one thousand percent i this i think this is how the money comes right or the income comes after this like because a lot of people when they enter something for money like i'm sorry to break it to you unless if you're like extremely lucky or you entered into like this money generating field that no one ever discovered before which is probably impossible the the likelihood is that you're not gonna make money out of it and you're gonna be doing you're gonna be making negative you know for, and you're gonna keep doing negative for a while but it's uh, and also this is another cliche if you really like what you're doing then you wouldn't stop and the only time you truly fail because you know you touched it up on even if it fails i think the only time you truly fail is when you stop you know, cause if you guys were getting one article read or just inspiring one, is it article read? Is that like a thing?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think so. <laughs> you can, you can consider it as that.
0: You yeah. would think after 15 episodes, I can like do grammar, but who cares?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you, if you consider, um, a video, if you consider if somebody watches a video, if that's a view, I guess if you get one read of an article, then it's a read, right?
0: I mean, uh, we should. Uh, if it works, it works. <laughs> so even if you're just getting one, you know, that is a lot better than zero. But then when you stop, this is when you'll truly be getting zero. You know, like I always say this, if there's a room of 650 people, you inspire one, then you have done way more than enough than the rest of the 649. Because you create and you generate so much wealth from inspiring others. That like, I had to break it to you, but everything that like we harness in this life will not follow us you know like sooner or later because death is a constant there are going to be six people carrying you and they're going to lay you down under the ground yeah and then people are going to be talking about you for a while they were an amazing person they did this they did that you know if we're if the social media thing is still a thing then they're gonna you know share your stories they're uh, put like your picture your stories with them stuff like that it is amazing but then Unfortunately, your memory fades away just like you're saying death is a constant you know you're not the first person to die on the planet, but the only thing that stays the only thing is your legacy and your legacy isn't the company that is named after you. the legacy is the people's life that you've affected the people's lives that you have added value to and you know it doesn't mean that like you completely transformed someone's life or you found someone on the street and gave them a million dollars yeah. you know it is inspiring someone helping someone get out of a bad situation or just adding value to them even in, in the simplest thing because you know if someone is inspired by something the likelihood is that they're gonna spread it and then it just moves on it's the butterfly effect so you battle that but- butterfly effect of the stigma spreading by another one and then they clash and hopefully the stigma ends
1: yeah i completely agree with you i mean you know we we don't want to come across as we're just another magazine. No, we're we're a community and we want to we want to do better for our community. We're a community that wants to advocate for mental health and develop something within the society that we live in, something that people can look back on and remember and and look at for help.
0: I really like something they just said that you are doing this for a community that you are a part of. I think we have to accept the fact that us especially in this generation you know we always say that oh we can't do this because we're young we can't do this just we're blah 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 you know we're not the qualified ones i'm not saying that why well, you guys have, have like you know you, none of you have md next to your name you know and uh, even like the opinions that i say here and the stuff that i say here, they're completely like just me talking You know, and you guys are not shoving it down someone's throat, throat, throat. You have an outlet. If someone is looking for something, they can find it. If they found something that they think, you know, okay, maybe I have a few of these symptoms. Okay, then go. You can then go to a psychiatrist, go to a sp- like someone that is specialized in this, or even look up on scholarly databases, look at medical journals. Because like you were saying, you get your data from there. It's not like you invent data. No one just goes up with their own yeah. statistics like, I'm going to wake up today and say that 60% of people are suffering from depression. No, there are statistics, there's data. This is a science. This isn't a belief not an opinion this is a science hard proof science there's there's scientific facts to prove everything that you know you guys are talking about and again you guys are not doctors you have an outlet people want to reach it go ahead because i always love putting this disclaimer in case anyone in the future would like to sue me please don't you know 100 percent and i also watched all the entire of suits so i am very very well prepared I have learned way more than enough, so please (laughs) fire away. No, I'm completely kidding. Please don't, I'm broke. Yes, now now, I want to ask you a last question, one last question that I definitely did not steal from any other show whatsoever. This is probably the first time you didn't hear this question. But as Omaya, how would you describe yourself in just three words?
1: I would describe myself as a passionate, eclectic soul. Um, I'm very passionate about a lot of things, not just mental health, but... I do think that mental health, because it has been a huge part of my life and working on myself and, you know, starting something like Aware has been a huge accomplishment for me. Sure, we don't have that many followers, but this is what I love. You know, this is what I want to do. I want to talk about mental health. I want to advocate for this. I want to help people, you know, and I think that's one of my biggest accomplishments. So yeah, that's what I would describe myself as.
0: And, you know, just one last thing. I want to comment on something you said. Success is not measured by followers. You know, and and you're completely right on this. It is never measured by followers. Never was, never will. If you are doing a project and your measure of success is the Instagram insights, you're doing the wrong. Mm -hmm. Like like Mm -hmm. I was just saying, uh, the extra 100 followers will not save your life. They will not do anything worthy of you. You see a lot of people just following for the sake of it the impact that you have on one person like if you guys have let's say a thousand followers and one person texts you that you know they were struggling with something and they found you guys as an outlet and i'm sure you, this happened to you a lot to you know then this is genuinely way better than in my opinion than having a hundred thousand followers and talking about your stint routine
1: i completely agree you know i'm like as long as we are putting out information that needs That needs to be heard that needs to be read about that needs to be acknowledged in a society that you know tends to look over certain things as long as we're educating as long as we're raising awareness and we like you said if we help one person that's all we want at the end of the day success to me is that i'm doing the thing that i'm completely passionate about that i'm the most passionate about and that to me, that makes me successful. You know, I'm very happy with what I'm doing. And I really do hope I can help people. But if I don't, at the end of the day, I love what I do. So to me, that that's enough.
0: Definitely. And you know, on that note, Omaya, once again, thank you so much for joining me. It was truly a pleasure to speak to you about your journey with AWARE and to learn more about it. And I genuinely wish you all the best. Uh, I hope you keep impacting lives the way you guys do. And everyone, please make sure to check out their website, aware-ae.com.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed, um, you know, talking about AWARE and talking about mental health in general. So I really appreciate it.
0: Once again, thank you for tuning in and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Ali or follow the podcast so you can know when the next episode is out.